I started off with an image. An image of a boy on the beach screaming at the gods. And, I mean, this is a boy in, in trauma, more or less. And I didn't quite know why. I, I had this nation accreted in my mind very, very quickly with me asking myself questions about why I was thinking this. And, and Mao came to life and Daphne came to life. They don't understand one another. Um, they have views, their society's views, of the strangers. You know, she's white, he thinks she's a ghost, he's black. She doesn't actually think he's dangerous but she's in she's puzzled and in awe and well she's a girl and she's wondering what's going to happen next it's a fantasy book and G.K. Chesterton um, said that the thing about fantasy is to take what you think is familiar and every day and therefore never look at or think about and turn it upside down and around so that people see it from a different direction. I really loved the fact that the two main protagonists, um, Daphne and Mao, uh, were having to re-evaluate their whole lives. I've always been interested in the Victorian and Edwardian era because such a lot was happening in that, say, hundred and... Um, 150 years, the world was changing so fast. I guess in London, Victorian London, you know, you have your different houses and people live in different streets. But with the uh, with the islanders, they are uh, everyone lives together: grandmother, aunts, uncles, um, cousins, everyone together. It's a totally different upbringing to the one that I've had, and that um, and the one that girls have nowadays. I mean, it was a very narrow. Um, path that you had to walk you were very much um a young lady from a very young age and you were expected to stand up straight as my grandmother says and manners and morals at all times and you were very much preparing for marriage um Daphne's slightly different in the fact that her father has taken her to the Royal Society for lectures and she's very interested in astronomy and she's been shown slightly wider um, view of the world. So this, what's, what, what's this? Well, the, the centrepiece is, of course, uh, HMS Beagle, uh, wow. Charles Darwin's uh, great ship, where he began to do his work on the theory of evolution. So the Sweet Judy, which is the, the ship that is in our play, mm. would have been a similar sort of... Uh, yes, I mean, this is a fairly standard and rather small vessel. And uh, what's this book? Well, this is a very interesting manuscript. This is, uh, we, we think, the first uh, English South Sea Island Dictionary. And do you have happy and sad? Well, we have laugh there. That's oh. quite nice. Okay. Itata. Itata. Shark. Oh, ship. Oh my oh, god! Shark, yeah. The oh. word for shark yeah. is Mao. Mm. That's, so <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how it's spelt in the book uh, as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, the sounds are very much the same. Yes. Things like Tao Tao, Bubble Wee, Boo Boo Wee. And so you've got loads of amazing things here, but this is. Newton's telescope. It's Newton's actual telescope. In our story, Nation, you know, Mao's Island doesn't have technology like this, and when I see the telescope, it's a big deal. The looking through it, mm -hmm. uh, once once they got used to the image, would have 
amazed them. And do you still, I mean, is there anywhere left to explore? Our knowledge of the oceans, particularly the deep oceans, is, is very imperfect. So a lot of potential exploration there. That's really exciting because it's very easy to think that nowadays everything's so sophisticated that there isn't anywhere left to go, that things are sort of set in stone. But it's really exciting to think that if Daphne and Mao were around today, they could still explore. Turn the world upside down. This is such a big production. Um, it was quite different to other, you know, you, normally you do the read-through and then you block through or you rehearse through the, the, the play section by section, usually chronologically. But what we had with this was we had the rehearsal room where the scenes would be being rehearsed. You'd also have a room where people were singing, um, a room where people were dancing. Um, you'd have puppet calls, so people would be getting used to using the grandfather birds and twinkle. Certainly, I've brought a choreographic um, I, if you like, to to the work that I, I direct. It became necessary to create, um, to, to find ways of creating the world and know that that world could move from, from the sea, being inside the ocean, to being on a beach, to being on a ship, um, to being in a drawing room somewhere in um, 1860 Dorset in a big posh house. Um, so it needed to be fairly fluid, but we needed really to um, uh, to uh, <laughs> to show water.